0: 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, look down with me this morning at verse number 12 and follow along as I read through verse number 20. This is a text for our message this morning where we'll try and draw some truths from the Word of God for our individual lives. Beginning in verse number 12, he says, All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Meats for the belly and belly for meats. But God shall destroy both, and it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God hath both raised up the Lord, and will also raise up us by his own power. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have? of God and you're not your own for you're bought with a price therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are his a unusual text maybe for Sunday morning this time of year you look at it and read the the thoughts there and you think oh boy i wonder what direction pastor Caleb is going to go this morning uh, how does that tie to Christmas, or what does this have to do with? Well, we have been looking at or pondering some things. We began the month here with pondering heaven, taking some time and just thinking about the day that, because we've put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone, and He's forgiven us of our sin, we have been guaranteed a place in heaven because of what Christ has did for us, and we know that heaven's our home when our time here on earth is done. And then uh, last week, we spent a little time and, and pondered or tried to answer the question, what is your life? And if you were to answer that this morning, outside of the answer given to us by James, that it's a vapor that appears for a little time, then vanisheth away. If you were to answer that, we tried to provoke some thought last week on what is your life? What is it accomplishing? What is it fulfilling? What does it mean? What is it all for? Why are we here? What are our days filled with? What, what is it about? We took some time to ponder and think about our life. Beloved, the Bible has a lot to say with regards to our thought life, with regards to what we are pondering, to what we think about. We know Philippians 4, 8 says, if there be any virtue, if there are any praise, think on these things. He's telling us, here's some good things you need to think about. And, and we know that in Proverbs 23, 7, the Bible says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. he God says, listen, how, what you're thinking about is going to dictate who you are, what you are as a person. Uh, he tells us, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. So we're supposed to have the mind that Christ had. That's a, what are we thinking about? What are we pondering? We know that he tells us uh, that we are to renew our mind. Have a new mind in in Christ. And so the Bible gives a lot of emphasis on the idea of what are we thinking about, and that's the foundation of the thoughts for this month, is what are some things that we should be pondering? What are some things that we should be thinking about? Why is this so important? Because, beloved, what you're thinking about is going to direct your life. What you're thinking about is what you're going to invest in, what you're going to pursue it's what you're going to go after, the young man or young lady who is in love. They can't think about anything else. Their mind is consumed. They're supposed to be working, but they're thinking about her. You know, she's, she's supposed to be uh, helping and, and she's thinking about him. And, and everybody is tired of hearing about him or her, right? Everybody else is like, do you talk about anything else besides him or besides her? Now, that is no inflection upon my daughter, okay? This is, <laughs> this is not the case in our home. I don't want you to think I'm preaching at Alicia. Those of you that don't know, her young man that she's interested in visited us for a couple days this week. And I didn't kill him. He got to drive home. He got to go home safe. So, uh, yeah, no, he's a good, good young man. And uh, but no inflection on that. But you know how what I'm saying is that kind of thing. It consumes their mind. It's like what? What are you? You know, <laughs> making potatoes. You're like you're gonna just mix those forever. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. I guess they're done. Yeah, you know, you're just distracted. Something's filled your mind, beloved. We need to control what we think about. If heaven is real and we know it is, and if life is short and we know it is, then, beloved, we've got to take the time that we have here on earth and live it with some well thought out and guided priorities. So, this morning, I would like to ask you to ponder your priorities. What priorities do you have in your life? I would like to open with a word of prayer and you ask God to just help you to just think about what is it you're making a priority right now? And is it what God would want you to have as a priority? Amen. Let's, let's open with a word of prayer. Lord, we come to you and we commit this service to you. I ask you to guide my thoughts. Give me clarity, Lord. Help me to, to be able to speak clearly uh, the thoughts that you've directed in preparation for this message today. And I ask you, Lord, that our, our life would be lived with some well-guided and thought-out priorities. That those priorities would not just be our want list, but they would be, uh, Lord, your want list. Not my will, but thine be done. And Lord, would you bless our time and your word here this morning, in Jesus' precious name, amen. I would like to begin with a small and simple illustration, I think, in this kind of way, you know, just clear and uh I, I try and find ways to to picture things so this is uh, a very well known illustration. Some of you probably have seen something like this or similar, but we're going to use this this jar here to represent your life. This picture is the sum total of the days that you have to live. This is the quantity of time that you have. And we know that our life is short. We only have so much time, and uh, there's a cap on that. We know that it's not going to go forever. We've only got so much time. And as we ponder or contemplate or think about our priorities, we understand that uh, we should say, that we would say, anybody would say, well, who should be first in our life? God. God. Right, God should be first in our life. So, if we're going to establish our priorities, if we're going to set our priorities in order, we say, "Here's most important. Uh, here's second important. Whatever." We would say, "Well, God should be part of our life first. We put God in. He's part of our life. He is. We want. To, if we're going to leave anything out, we want to leave that out. Amen. So, God's part of our life. And then we have this morning. Other things that begin to take up our time and that we have to establish or decide are part of our life and we have let's say next on our priority list might be family, so you have your mate and you have your child or you know several childs <laughs> when when should I stop i don't know. you've got your children they're they're a priority you know you've got uh you've got mom and dad um you know maybe. The kids have grandma and grandpa, and you've got your immediate family, or maybe you've got some extended family. Say, oh, I've got brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and grandma and grandpa that's still part of my life, and I want to put them in there, make sure they get in, and, and they're important, and I want to make sure I have time for them. Then, of course, we have maybe a job you got to fit the job in there somewhere it's pretty important you at least you know earn a living and and the job has different responsibilities maybe you have to divide and balance and work off of and you know maybe you got some things around the house you got to do you got got to maintain the house right get get things done around the house and do that honey do list got to squeeze that in and and you get that done and then maybe uh you got some personal growth and personal development that you would like to have and you you kind of squeeze some of that into your life and you think, man, uh, I've also got some hobbies, some fun things and, uh, man, I'm, I'm getting a lot into my life. And so we take those things that are high priority for us and we make sure we get those in. I got a couple more here. Somebody tell me, what else do you squeeze into your life? <laughs> oh, food, vacation, yeah, uh, exercise. What did you say? Somebody say a Barn. Oh, yeah, your, your livestock, you got to care for those. Joe and Kim know all about that. Sleep last, Sleep last yeah. yeah. Amen. So you squeeze all of those things into your life. But how many of you know that in a given day, there are a lot of things that arise that you weren't planning on? Yes. We have all of those ancillary things. We have all of those little emergencies. Those little things that just kind of squeeze in. They start, they start crowding other things, but they're coming and you think, man, I don't know where all these things are, but we're gonna squeeze all these things in. And our life's getting full, right? We've got all these things in there in our life. One thing after the next. You know, we get it all in if we have our priorities correct. And it's amazing that you can continue when you have the right priorities and you do it correctly, you can continue maybe fit a little of this in or a little of that in. The problem comes, beloved, when we live our lives and we fill it with the ancillary things. Too many of us are letting our life, our time, be robbed by the little things that really don't matter that much. All of the time that we have in this short life we have to live is being stolen. It's being taken away by, I mean, we're busy. We're so busy, it's like we can't even get it all done. I mean, how in the world? We're almost frustrated to no end. And then we're wondering, what is it all about? And what is it all for? And why am I going through all this? But all of our time is filled up with ancillary things. And we say, but God is supposed to be first. but now there's no room for God. Now there's no room for family and friends and those things that really should be high priority. Our time has been robbed and taken by things that if we had the choice, we would say, that really doesn't matter, I don't need it. There's too many of these things that are robbing our life. So I want to ask you this morning to ponder your life and let a couple principles guide you as you think about your priorities. First of all, the principle of expediency. He says in verse number 12 there, all things are lawful unto me, but not all things, but all things are not expedient. I think that everybody understands here this morning that Paul is not saying that there is no law. He said, all things are lawful for me. I, I think we understand that, that Paul's not saying, you can just do whatever you want without any consequences. It doesn't matter. You have free reign. And, and I, don't, I think we understand that Paul very clearly tells us uh, in other passages, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we continue in sin? We know we're not, we're not supposed to do that. So he's not telling us that you know, all things are lawful, you can just, hey, just do whatever you want. Are we in agreement? But among those things that are lawful for us to do, among those things that we do have the choice or the option, we have a lot of things that we could put into our life that would be acceptable, there are some things that aren't expedient. There are some things that would be perfectly okay to do, but probably not best to do. Among those things that are lawful, some might be best, some might be good, and some might be bad for you. You have to establish priorities in your life and determine what is going to be best, what is going to be good, and what is not really expedient. You remember the story of Jephthah. He needed help from God. You know, the enemies were attacking and they called on Jephthah and said, hey, come and help deliver us. And he said, God, uh, listen, i got to go into battle. And, and if, you'll, if you'll give me the victory, if you'll allow me to come home safe, God, I will sacrifice the first thing that comes out of my house. Now, it's a good thing to make covenants with God. It's a good thing to promise God that you will fulfill and do things for him. But that was not an expedient promise. If you remember the story, God gave him victory. He came home, and the first thing that walked out of his house was his only daughter. His only daughter. And he walked up to her and says, man, you have broken my heart. Let me tell you why. I promised God that I would sacrifice the first thing out of my house. It's a good thing to do, but was not what he should have done in that position. What I'm saying is there's things in our lives that would be perfectly acceptable that that God would look at and say, well, that is fine, but maybe that's not what you need to do here in this circumstance, in this situation. We have to look at the fact or the principle of expediency when we're establishing our priorities. We never want to sacrifice what is best on the altar of what is okay. God has that which is best for you. But a lot of times we're taking time with the family and sacrificing it on the altar of time with YouTube. This is ancillary. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't mean anything. And now we don't have time to play ball with the kids. as you look at those things in your life that are lawful for you to do and you determine what is good, better, or best, what you need to do is ask yourself, what will bring the most glory to God? What is going to bring the most glory to God? I have these two things that I can do. Both of them are acceptable. Both are okay. Neither one would necessarily be sin. But of those two choices, which is going to bring the most glory to God? That'll help you to determine that priority. Sometimes our relationships in life are a real struggle, balancing all of life's demands, and you have a friend or a loved one that lashes out at you. You can respond in a number of ways, you can respond in kind. I mean, he lashed out at you or she lashed out at you and you can respond, you know, and, and many people would, would say, boy, you're justified. I mean, look at what he did or look at what she did and you're justified to respond and give it back to them. You say, well, that's not really Christian pastor. You can't include that in the, the acceptable responses. You know, we, we can't really do that. Um, but maybe maybe we could do you could say, well, let's answer like Christ answered when they attacked him. The Bible says that he answered not a word. So maybe you could answer that way. That would be an acceptable response. Or another biblical principle is a soft answer turneth away wrath. Do good to them that despitefully use you. So you could go one step further and say, okay, which one is going to bring the most honor and glory to God if I respond in kind, if I just don't say a word and walk away, or if I respond with kindness? You can respond with kindness. And this would bring the most glory to God. I'm saying in our lives, there's so many situations that we face that we need to establish a priority in how we're dealing with and handling these things. You need to put your priorities... In order this morning, and it starts with God. Otherwise, God gets left out. You say, Well, I would never let my whole life get filled with all of this ancillary stuff, but if you let your life get filled with even many good priorities, but don't remember to put God in first, He doesn't fit. Secondly, I want you to see the principle of enslavement. He says, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Among the choices that you have to choose whether you're going to do that which is good, better, or best, you're going to uh, make a decision in establishing the priorities for your life, you have to wonder or ask yourself, what is going to be in control of me? You see, God wants to be in control of our life. It's God's plan that we submit and yield to him. So can you be submitted to God and do that which you have on your list? Would you have to adjust your priority? Would you adjust your priorities to put God first and do that which he wants you to do? We know that we can be controlled by things that are destructive. An addiction by nature is destructive. Any addiction that we have. We see the results of addictions in our society with commercials and billboards everywhere, advertising the, the, the help that is out there for those that are addicted to gambling those that are addicted to drugs, those that are addicted to alcohol. There's, there's programs and, and government-funded uh, resources that can and help you overcome this addiction, which is destroying your life. But we also know there's some things in our life that can control us that we wouldn't necessarily say are bad, but are they controlling your life? You know the old saying, too much of a good thing can be too much. I mean, it, there's some things that are good, but in excess, it's not right. Um, I think about the example today of uh, kids that are growing up in this sterile environment. And, you know, we have this desire today to protect our children. And so we don't let them get dirty make sure their hands are washed with with you know alcohol wipes constantly and don't let anybody else touch them and keep them out of the nursery and sure don't let them play on a playground because there's germs there and the more sterile of, i mean it, it's good to keep kids clean right i mean that's a good thing it's a good thing that you don't you know let your child eat whatever he finds on the ground outside i mean i wouldn't recommend that although my son has eaten a couple of crickets <laughs> uh, we only knew that because Mary found them later um, but you know kids the, the fact of the matter is, is what happens when you, when you put them in such a sterile environment is they have no immune system right. Yeah. Yeah, right. and then they're sick all the time and it's a, it's a compounded problem so all of a sudden now they're sick all the time and you say well he, he gets sick really really easy so we got to protect him more and so you keep him away from even more stuff, and then oh, he, but he gets sick so easy. We got to protect him more, and now you 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 completely deteriorated and destroyed his immune system, and he's going to catch every little bug that's out there. Where if he was out on the playground and playing around and around other kids and participating in things, he wouldn't have that problem. Right. You know, God made dirt, and dirt don't hurt. Amen. <laughs> that 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 does just eat a little bit. I mean, you know. Kids are going to eat some dirt, whether on purpose or accident. I mean, it's okay. They're, they're going to be all right. We could talk about some, some of the older folks in here and what, you know, their childhood was like in comparison to, to what kids are like today. And you guys weren't sick all the time, were you? Hardly ever got sick as a kid. You know, I was in college before I ever knew what a headache was. Never had a headache in my life till I was in college. People talk about a headache and I thought they were just whining. <laughs> just babies making it up, you know. Yeah, right. It's an excuse. I mean, I, I never had a headache. And now we got 6-year-olds. I got a headache. I got a headache. I I, I can't function today. What I'm saying is too much of a good thing cannot be a good thing. What are you allowing to control and dictate your life? Kids today at times are involved in many extracurricular things. So busy, mom and dad running to and fro. I mean, hey, it's great that your kid can go know how to camp and go out in the woods and and knows how to fare for himself. I think that's wonderful. If he's doing that and and then also be involved in baseball and also involved in football and also in dance class and also in chess club and also in there's so so many things they are involved in. All of a sudden, oh, wait, no, we don't have time to get there for cantata practice. No, the kids can't make it to, to music class. You no, I'm sorry, we're not gonna we're gonna miss church this week because we have an outing with, with uh, the boys club. But see, where does God fit? Oh, well, we've got to get to boys' club. We've got to get to dance class. We've got to get to. I guess God's gonna have to wait. Where do we put What's controlling and dictating our priorities for our life? Physical fitness can be such a high priority for some that they miss work. It's this physical fitness. You see, we're we're talking about the principle of enslavement, about something that's dictating or controlling our life and controlling what we're going to do and establishing our priority. Is there something controlling your life that shouldn't be controlling it? Some relaxation. I think you ought to relax. There ought to be a time and a place for rest. We need rest. You guys are going to be excited. Next year, our theme is going to be rest. Now, all God's people said? The theme for the year for our church is going to be rest and revival. Rest and revival. And we've looked at our church calendar, and we've we've adjusted some things, and tried to make it so that uh, there's uh, less going on overall. We've 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 removed some things from the calendar to make it a little lighter. We need rest, but you know what? If relaxation is the highest priority, then you're neglecting your responsibility. And we got responsibilities. Maybe some are controlled by social media. The addiction to that feed. Got to know what's going on. I got to know what my friends are doing in all the other parts of the country. Got to know who went out to eat. I got to know what happened at their get-together. You know, the the feed, the constant bombardment of that social media connection with people that, you know, you haven't seen in many, many years and and you're you're plugged into that but disconnected from this. You know more about what's happening with people across the country than you do about people in this room. This is your church family. So what is it that's controlling your life? And, and I obviously can't touch on everything or impact or, or, or get into every particular scenario that, that might be dictating or controlling your life, but is there something that you're putting before God? Is there something that is dictating your responsibilities or your priorities that shouldn't be? The principle of enslavement. The principle of expediency. And lastly, this morning, I want to talk to you about the principle of expectation. Expectation. He says in verse number 13, he says, Meats for the belly and belly for meats, but God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. He's saying, There is some established expectations that I have for you. There are some things that by God's design and God's plan, this is how it's supposed to work. This is God's design, and here's how you're supposed to be living. Here is what you're supposed to be doing. God has an expectation for us. How many would agree? God has expectations for us. He he built us. He created us. He has made you, and you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and God knows exactly who you are and exactly what your personality is and what strengths you have and what weaknesses you have, and God has an expectation of how you're going to live your life. When you establish your priorities, consider, am I using this for its intended purpose? You know, my dad grew up on a farm. He's always said he feels sorry for any kid that didn't get to grow up on a farm. Because the workload on a farm is good for a kid. But not only that, he said it was a lot of fun. Growing up on a farm was so much fun. He said, they, all the stuff they got into, and he has so many stories of growing up on the farm, things that I am that I shouldn't tell you. <laughs> You'll think less of my father if I tell you that. He was a kid like anybody else. You can let your imagination go, okay? You know, Dad, Dad talks about growing up on the farm when you're out, out there on the tractor, and you're miles from the house working in the field, and something breaks on the tractor that... Uh, basically the tool you have is the tool you need. That's the way he put it. And that's, that's the way he's always lived his life. Whatever tool I got, that's the one I need. I mean, if he really needed a hammer, but all he had was a screwdriver, well, then he had a hammer. You know, if, that, if all he had was a crescent wrench, but he needed a hammer, he, he, he had a hammer. What I'm saying is you just find a way that'll get her done mentality. Just get it done. Just find a way to get it done. And And he... You know, that carries over into a lot of other areas of his life. It's just a matter of, let's just get it done. Do what we got to do. I remember as a teenager driving my dad's Cadillac DeVille with a tow rope and pulling the church bus back to the church. (laughs) Dad's in the bus, I'm in the Cadillac, and we're pulling the church bus with the Cadillac. Now, yeah, we made it home. But how many of you know that's not what a Cadillac's used for? <laughs> that's not really its intended purpose. Probably not the best thing for that. And I work hard against that, but I've got a little bit of that in me. And, and I try and fight against it and, and be careful and use, let's use things for their intended purpose. Let's try and get the right tool for the job, you know. I got a little bit of that in me. Now, my Toyota Sienna that we had, The transmission went out at two hundred and seventy-nine thousand. Now that's pretty good, but I think I could have got three hundred plus if I wasn't using it to pull trailers full of firewood. (laughs) We pulled some heavy. I'll tell you what, coming out of the crane's backyard one time, we pulled a trailer full of oak that was. I, I pulled Greg your trailer, which is heavy by itself, full of oak firewood with my Toyota Sienna. Yeah, that's not good for it. <laughs> I'm saying you might be able to get it done, but it's not the best thing. What we're talking about is priorities. Using what God has designed for its intended purpose. Paul gave us an example here of food. He describes the, hey, God made the stomach for meat and meat for the stomach. God's plan, God's design, that simple example. I mean, that's what it's for. Food is for nourishment. Nourishment. But how many use food as a uh, therapy? (laughs) You know, we've heard people talk about, oh, I'm depressed, I'm going to go eat a whole gallon of ice cream, you know. (laughs) It's therapy. That's what this is. I I, I have therapy tonight. i got to go sit down and and eat, you know, a whole box of chopped cookies, right, Pastor Gus? (laughs) That's not what food is used for. Food is for nourishment. Use it for its intended purpose, but not beyond. The use of drugs, which are given for medicinal purposes, have now become used for recreational purposes. And we know it's destroying lives. I heard uh, one guy, I think he said he was from Canada, he says, we've got so many allergies in Canada that we're going out and buying meth so we can turn it into allergy medicine. <laughs> that's, that's supposed to be a joke, okay? Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> just joking about the allergies, but they're, they're, they're taking regular medicine that's supposed to be to help you and not using it for its intended purpose. And it's destroying lives. And when we take things that God intended and planned for, for one thing and use it another way, it's destructive. He gives three or four verses here and he talks about the physical relationship between a man and a woman. By design, God has made that intimate relationship, which is the miraculous union of two people, that the Bible says here become one flesh. And I'm not going to, we're in a mixed audience, I'm not going to get into the details here, but you you understand the principle here of one flesh. It, It describes the fact of going into an harlot, and you become one flesh. Some people think that the, the one flesh happens at the marriage altar where you, you, you become, un- you, you know, joined together and you're, you're married. No, you become one flesh with one person that you're joined with. And doctors have described and talked about the, the, what happens physically between you and another individual when you become one flesh. And what he's saying here is God had an intended purpose for how we're supposed to use these physical bodies. And when you use it in some other way, It's destructive. It's destructive. Young people, don't let Satan take you down that road. There's an amazing pull of that physical attraction and the desire to be touched. Inside of marriage, it's amazing. It is supposed to be the glue that helps hold your marriage together. But when you get to have that anytime, anywhere, what's your motivation for staying married? describes and talks about fornication. That's not God's plan. We're taking what God intended for a particular thing and using it another way, and it's destructive. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. But we can take those gifts that God has given us and use them in the wrong way. As you establish your priorities in your life, ask yourself, is this God's given intent? Is this what God would have me do? Paul reminds us that, in fact, really, we are just stewards of the things that God has given us. In verse number 19, he says, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God? Ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. very popular statement today is, It's my life. I get to do what I want. But not according to that. According to the word of God, God, the one who created us, if you're here and you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, he's the one that saved you. He's to be the priority. We're to use our life in a way that is fitting to him because he has given us these things to be stewards of, to care for, All we have, including our very life, is something on loan from God. And God has an expectation as to how we're going to use it. I know we say it, but I wonder, do we really understand these? We look down here, several of these young people down here, I'd say are my kids. But I've got to keep in mind that they're really God's kids. They're on loan from God. They're, they're children God entrusted to me, but they belong to God. Therefore, I have a responsibility not just for me as a parent, but to raise them how God would want them raised. I don't have a right to just treat them however I want to treat them. I don't have a right to just to, to, to yell and scream at them or to, to mistreat them. In a, in, they're God's children. But I have a responsibility to raise them correctly. How God would want them to be raised. Because they're God's children and everything in our life belongs to God and we need to think about that. And think about our priorities and establish them with regards to that principle. Even my paycheck is God's. I'm not going to take God's money and spend it on things that are displeasing to him. Things that he would not want me to spend my money on. You guys know I have some investments. You know, there's some things because the money that I've invested, I believe is money that was given to me and trusted to me by God to be used for his honor and glory, ultimately uh, for him to do with what he wills. There's things that I will not invest in. You know what? Very profitable company in the last couple of years. Could have made a lot of money on it. Called DraftKings. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's online gambling. Very successful, very profitable investment had you invested in it. But I wasn't going to put God's money in that. I watched, I watched that go up and up and up and up and, and the people that invested that, all the money they made. In my mind, I said, I'd rather lose money than fund that. you yeah. got to think about what we're doing, the priorities we have in our lives. Everything we have belongs to God. As we conclude this morning, can I ask you to take a ponder on your personal priorities. As Christians, our responsibility is not an exercise in following the law. I know that popular thought today is church is the place you get your list of do's and don'ts. Am I right? Is that what that's the way people view it today? Church is the place you get your list of do's and don'ts, and that's all it is. It's just this and this and do that and don't do this and don't do this and don't do that. No, beloved. Christianity and your relationship with Jesus Christ is not restrictive. The Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Free. It's freeing to know Jesus. You have a lot of liberty in Christ. But we've got to establish some priorities inside those things that are all lawful, that I could do. But what is going to bring the most glory to God? He says there in verse number 19, Verse number uh, 20, for you're bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. So as you're establishing your priorities, ask what's going to bring the most glory to God? I got this I could do or this I could do. Which one should I do this Christmas? Well, this one's going to glorify God. Let's do that one. That's what's going to help you decide your priorities. You know, when I was young, Dad would ask me a question about something I did, and I knew what he wanted to know. But my priority at that moment was self preservation, (laughs) it was not glorifying God. (laughs) I knew I should respond with the truth and tell him, yes, this is what I did. But self-preservation, a, a faulty priority, led me to look at my dad in the eye and say, No, I didn't do it. Even though I knew that in the end that was going to result in much worse situation, it would be far better to just do it, just own up right now and just take whatever's coming because that's the right thing to do. But my faulty priority caused me to look at my dad and lie. Sometimes in our lives, beloved, we know what we should do, but our faulty priority caused us to do that, which we shouldn't. I'm not pointing at anybody tonight, this morning. I'm not accusing anybody. I'm asking you to ponder in your own heart. Where are my priorities? What is... What am I living my life by? I've only got so much life to live. What am I putting in first, second? Am I letting the the little mundane things of life take over and I'm no longer accomplishing what is of most most value? Am I living my life by some well-thought-out,